Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, April the 28th, 2023. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about how I use social media, both for business and, I guess, the uh, little amount I use for personal best practices, things that we have done here, uh, things I suggest to other entrepreneurs, business owners, even individual people, depending on um, if you find it adding value to your life or causing stress into your life, and just the ins and outs and in-betweens, and hopefully to help you guys navigate it uh, with your friends, your family, and you know, most importantly, your business, because there's, for all the the, the flack it gets and for all the, the shit we talk about it, um, my life would not be where it is today without all of these tools. And I want to walk you guys through uh, kind of the good, the bad, the ugly, and be as transparent as I can uh, on here. So hopefully it uh, helps you navigate the uh, social media waters. Um, episode 534, that's where we're at today. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, anyways, uh, quick housekeeping things. One, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app has been rocking and rolling. You guys know. Uh, let me just check here. Our summer Metcon challenge is kicking off here in, I believe, about 22 days, 23 days and nine hours. May the 22nd is our next huge challenge inside of the app. It's our summer Metcon challenge. It's the face-melting Metcons you guys love to hate from uh, Instagram. They're refilmed, reshot, uh, repurposed, and they are done in a way that is more bite-sizable for you to chew on uh, from anywhere. And then we also took our mandatory mobility program, which is very, very deep in the mobility front, and we put that into this program as well. So if you're somebody who loves, you know, a good face melting, but also knows you have some imbalances and want to work through your body and, you know, do some auditing, some discovery, have it, you know, be as close to uh, to pain-free and as fluid as possible, this is the program for you. It's the best of both worlds. We marry these two together, and we're bringing it to you guys in the app. So if you guys have the app, it'll be free. Um, otherwise, jeremyscottfitness.app slash summer challenge. You guys can register now. Again, it'll cost you, you get a week for free, and then it'll cost you a couple of pennies. We're doing a grand prize. We'll fly you guys here to Scottsdale. I believe it's a three-night uh, free stay at one of the resorts here. Uh, we'll find one that uh, is fancy enough for you. And uh, you can come in here, experience uh, the workouts with us, meet myself, Heather, our team, and uh, everyone else in the community. And then we're doing weekly prizes as well inside of that. So for a lot, somebody, uh, and again, we've done this, I think we do five of these a year. So we spend a good amount of money uh, shipping you guys here and putting you up in some what I would consider super nice places that I sure as hell couldn't have stayed at uh, when I was younger. Uh, it's cool. And you get to do it for a couple of cents and you get in shape and you get to meet an awesome community of people. So jeremyscottfitness.app. If you guys want to click the link in the show notes, check it out. Join me. And again, also all my weekly workouts are in there. Full programs. Uh, there's over a thousand workouts already. We're adding new stuff every single week. Tomorrow we're going to film a handful of stuff as well. And, uh, I'm just trying to make that thing as awesome as I possibly can for you guys. And if you want to see something inside of there, just ask. And we, uh, we do our best to, to film it the best way possible. And we're brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You already know the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. We have about 100 free sample packs sitting here. Uh, a bunch of these are ready to go out to you guys who requested them. If you're somebody who doesn't need enough greens, and that's almost all of us, this would be the one thing I would put into your life. It's why I take it every single day. I travel with it. Uh, the travel packs are money. Uh, the, the big bags, I just put them in a canister, put them in the fridge, put a scoop in water, shake it, and it's good to go. It's the easiest health hack 
I have stacked into my life over the past, I believe, almost seven years now. It literally takes 60 seconds. There's no excuse not to do it. It's the best tasting greens, in my opinion. So if you want to check it out, um, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you a year supply of vitamin D with K2, which you should already be taking, and five free travel packs with order one. Now, if you're somebody who has heard about it, maybe you've seen it somewhere, maybe your coach or your trainer, or your gym or a buddy suggested it, and you want to try it first, message us. Don't feel weird. Don't be nervous. Reach out to us. We will ship the packs right to your front door. You can try them, see if you like them, and then get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. So there's no risk to you guys. Literally, you're just sharing your mailing address, and I promise you I'm not going to come to your house. I have no interest uh, in going to, you know, Norfolk, Nebraska, or, you know, insert Gary, Indiana. Like, I'm not going to do it, but we're going to give you the greens. They're coming to your front door. Then you can try them. And then you can send me a thank you later and get all the free stuff from there. So hit me up for the free samples. Otherwise, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get all the bonuses today. All the other podcast sponsors in the show notes, our friends at JLab Pro, where we get our protein, collagen, turmeric, and crow oils. I can't say enough good things about Jay um, and the work that he's done there and all the products that I've taken from him for a very, very, very long time. Uh, if you guys want to try those, we have typically individual discount codes for all of those things. And usually they have a store-wide sale. Uh, hit me up. We'll put you guys on our email list so you'll never miss uh, any of those. Again, reminder, we send out three emails a week, every week, and we've done that for <sighs> over 13 years now. In some weeks, we send even more. So if you want free information, um, I'll talk about this on this podcast. I don't really sell anything in, in there. I just, I give and I give and I give, and then I might have an offer or, yeah, pretty much that's it. I don't really, I don't really hard sell. I don't cold sell. I really just try to give you guys quality written content, uh, just because sometimes I know with the audio and even just the videos, uh, it's a lot. And sometimes just reading something, uh, it hits a little bit different. So we're happy to add you to there. And then again, all the other podcast sponsors in the show notes, Kettle and Fire, Sleep Sold Separately, and everybody else. It's always a mouthful, but I like to do those live and not do them pre-recorded because I feel it comes off as like cheesy and not authentic to you guys. And I'm trying to you know, keep it as 100 as I possibly can. So we're going to jump right into this because I got a lot of stuff to do today, like most days. And uh, it's almost three o'clock. I planned on doing this by one o'clock. And here we are. And so my energy is uh, slowly draining. As I sip this four shots of espresso, hopefully it lights a fire under my ass. So we're talking social media and uh, how I use it. First off, um, I'm going to play off of a great piece from Mike Samuels. I have referenced Mike before at least a dozen times on this podcast. I think he's a very clever individual. He was in the fitness space for a long time. Now he is, if I'm not mistaken, solely into copywriting. Um, His Instagram, um, coffee shop, copywriter on IG, coffee shop, copywriter. That's a mouthful on IG. Um, the original uh, post came from him. Uh, I shot him a message and I'm like, hey man, I'm going to play off of this for the episode. So if you guys want to give him a follow on Facebook or uh, IG, he's there. And uh, he just writes better copy than I do. Mike, let's be honest. Like he, that's what he does all day. And uh, I've spent a lot of time in my life studying copywriting. Um, I had a great mastermind group with a lot of good people. Our mastermind guy, uh, shout out to Pat. Like, put out some of the best stuff and I, I've invested in a lot of resources and I think I do okay. I don't know how to use punctuation or put sentences together because I'm an idiot, 
but I believe the message comes across and that's how we do a majority of our selling and uh, communicating is still via email, um, even with all this technology. So that's just something to stick in your back pocket. But shout out to Mike Samuels for the uh, the help on this bad boy. So as I kick off here, just full background for you guys. I've been using social media for a long time. Uh, I guess I would term I've been using social media successfully um, to earn a good income for well over a decade. And by good income, if I'm being transparent, I mean more money than I could earn, you know, running a gym in five or 10 lifetimes. So that's just straight up. Like there's no, I would not, you guys would not be listening to me. You would not see us. You would not probably have any idea who the the fuck I am without these tools. And so for all the, the stuff that social media doesn't do and for all the negative things about it, I can't be anything but grateful for the positive things that has brought my life. Now, is there bad stuff? 100%. But it has helped me make more money than I could make in, in, in training than, than I could do if I, if I trained 500 years. Like that's how long it would take. I'd have to train 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week and do it for like 500 years to make the money that we can make without it and reach the people that we reach without it. And that's the power of it. I'm not telling you guys have to do it. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just sharing with you my experience as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and as a person in the health and fitness space. And what does that look like? Well, for example, our YouTube started back in January of 2010. Now, I believe this business, as you know, the world knows it as Jeremy Scott Fitness, I guess, is like 2009 is when I walked away from corporate America. And that's really when, you know, I guess the paperwork is filed. And that's when, you know, we become a business and say the beginning of, of 2010. Now, obviously, I was, you know, hustling before that. But that's like the inception of our YouTube is January 2010. Our Facebook business page was created in February of 2010. And I remember at the time, I've shared the story before, uh, people thought I was an idiot. Like I've had, had friends of, well, I don't say friends, people that knew me growing up reach out to me that have since bought our programs, went through a lot of our stuff and said, hey man, I remember when you started this Facebook, you know, Jeremy Scott Fitness page and we all laughed at you and thought you were a fucking idiot because you were going to do fitness for a living. And almost, you know, 14 years later, here we are, suckers. But that's when we started it, February 2010. And our Instagram started in May of 2012. And that is 11 plus years and then 13 plus years for those two other platforms. And as of today, our main feed on Instagram is we've posted on there 5,300 times. And the stories... It's tough to say, um, since obviously stories weren't around forever, but we've probably posted 20,000 um, stories, give or take. And I'd have to guess messages, like DMs on Instagram. I've sent easily 100,000. And that's probably really, really, really undercutting it. But at least 100,000 DMs back and forth to people. A lot of you listening, if you have reached out to us, that was me who replied. It wasn't a bot. It wasn't somebody else on our team. That was me, hand-to-hand talking to you. Uh, YouTube, I believe we're getting close to 2,000 videos. And Facebook posts, if you're, you're counting like all of our accountability groups and uh, the coaching groups we have, we've posted on there over 10,000 times. So it is a lot, for sure. 
Uh, is it easy? No, I wouldn't say it's easy. You know, compared to, you know, being on a roof in Arizona, uh, doing roofing work when it's 117. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, if it's, you know, somebody who's, uh, in Minnesota and you got to snow blow 80 driveways, like th- that, that's terrible. Like it's easy compared to that, but is it easy to do consistently for long periods of time for most people? No, it's not. It's a full-time job. Easily the way that you want to do it at scale is a full-time job, either if they're one person or it's a part-time job for multiple people. With all the creating and all the interacting and all these platforms, it's a 40-hour week job. If you engage with the community, and that's the key here, engaging with the community, you're doing the same thing digitally that you're doing with people in your physical business. That's where I think a lot of people get lost. It's like, well, let me just create this stuff and throw it out there. To me, at least it's been our experience, the engagement with the community and creating relationships with people digitally, however you can do that, is what makes the difference and what separates you from the, the person down the street. And that's why I say it's not easy um, because it's relentless. It, it's never ending. It's relentless. And uh, you have to consistently do it if you want to, you know, kind of keep the wheels moving. And so playing off of the Mike Samuel piece, I'm just going to share the lessons that I've learned using social. Um, and before you say you don't like social media and it has no value for you in your life or your business, just hear me out. Number one, that might be true. You might be somebody who operates outside of the internet social media space and is still successful in this day and age. I have clients actually here who that is how they operate. Um, typically that's in the trades. And if you were to ask me, do I think they'd be more successful with it than without it? hundred percent. If they had some kind of digital footprint, they would be much better off. Uh, leads, reviews, referrals, word of mouth is all easier. Um, when you can share stuff, uh, digitally because that's where people live. The second thing, what I'm going to say here over the next probably 20, 30 minutes, take what you want, leave the rest. No good old David Jack quote. Um, take the things you want that apply to you in your life and your situation and leave the rest. And number three, this is a one-way street. And what I mean is technology is a one-way street. And your business, you need to be where people are. And right now for us, that's glued to devices. Uh, If you look around, you go to a coffee shop, grocery store, uh, you're in the lobby of a hotel, you're at the airport, just put your phone down and look around and count the amount of people that are just glued to their phone, listening to podcasts, texting, typing, scrolling mindlessly, getting sucked down the, you know, rabbit hole of Instagram or in the uh, Bermuda Triangle of YouTube. That's where people live. And for an introverted person like myself, who after a certain amount of time, if I'm here working with people for hours and hours and hours, I'm spent and I'm smoked. And the last thing, you know, I want to go do is go out and like market to actual humans because the stimulus is just too much and I'm worn down. But what I can do is I can meet them where they're at digitally through the computer and through their phones. And that's what I'm saying to you. So 
we can fight it all we want and we can say, you know, I'm never going to use it. And that's fine. And you can maybe be successful without it. However, we're not going backwards um, in terms of technology. As much as the, some of these things I don't want to keep accelerating and keep moving forward, my opinion doesn't matter. The market's the market, and they've decided. People love tech. People love all the gadgets, the gizmos. They love the screens. They love to stare at it. Now, there are certain things that I do, which I'll walk you guys through. But if we're talking business, my opinion does not matter. It's the market's opinion that matters. And so I'm not saying you have to pander to uh, just the community and the audience, but there's sizzle and steak there, right? Like you give them, you know, enough of, of what they need. And then you also have to give them what they want. That's what business is, at least on our end in terms of fitness. And we can dig into that a little bit deeper here. But for anybody like who's out there, you know, maybe you're like around my age, obviously, I didn't grow up with this, like many of you. And you can think of it as like stupid and annoying. And a, and a lot of the shit that I see, I'm just like, why is this on the internet? Like, why did why did this need to be created? But I didn't fight it, especially early on. And I just knew like I had to evolve with these things, or become extinct, you know, just like the dinosaurs. Because again, I can't say this enough. The markets decide, you know, what's cool, what's neat, and what they want. And to be successful for this, you know, long term in the game, you got to follow the markets. And if nothing else, at least in terms of visibility and being relevant to create leads for conversions, obviously for your business. And before I jump in, I'm going to share eight lessons. Um, that I've obviously learned along the way and things that I've implemented here. I think fitness delivery, the way we could do it would be better than how we're doing it in the app exactly. However, in terms of ease, accessibility, and user friendliness, in an app, it's the easiest way to be consumable by people. So even though, and I'm sharing this with you guys because my opinion would be to do it a different way, However, I know it's going to reach the most amount of people and be the easiest and most accessible inside of an app. And that's what I talk about where sometimes you have to divorce your mind from what you think is the best way and understand what the consumers feel is the best way. You know, it's like arguing with, it's why I don't understand why people argue about politics. Like you're never going to change someone's mind. Well, you think uh, this blue team sucks, you think the red team sucks, and you state your arguments, and you just kind of just argue in a circle. Now, I'm not saying don't have healthy debates. You don't want to live in a fucking echo chamber because nobody gets better that way. But you can just present your case, and they can present their case. You're not trying to convince someone of something else. It's the same thing. Like, I could sit here across from a Packers fan all day, and you can tell me that you've had Brett Favre and, and Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers and you've won Super Bowls and the Vikings have never won Super Bowls and you guys are a better franchise. Now, deep down, I fucking know that. I go, but I'm never going to agree like the Vikings are my team and I'll fucking die on that hill, hopefully with the Super Bowl, but probably not. The point is, is that your opinion sometimes doesn't really matter. You have to look at what people are doing. Like, look at consumer behavior. Like, when you're like, when your kid is like watching like TikTok, and you're like, that's really stupid. And I agree with you, but they love it, dude. So, that's where the attention is. And in terms of a business, that's what we're talking about. You have to be where the attention is. And all a lot of us are doing is trying to obviously educate 
uh, reach out, connect, or entertain when, when using social media or be entertained, if you will. And you're really just buying real estate in people's brains. That's kind of what, you know, brand awareness is. And if you're uh, an entrepreneur, a single entity, uh, you're a business owner, and you think you don't need to do it, I'm not judging. But if you ever ask yourself, does McDonald's still run ads? And the answer is, well, yeah, Jeremy, I see them all the time. Does Coca-Cola and Pepsi still run ads? And the answer is, yeah, you see them all the time. These are brands that inherently everybody knows. And you're not going to forget who they are or what they do, yet they're still bombarding you with marketing day after day after day after day. Why? Because they're trying to stay on top of mind. They're trying to hit the right person at the right time. They're trying to stay relevant. They're trying to buy real estate in your brain. And that's essentially what, you know, a lot of these platforms allow people to do. And not only that, it allows you to educate and connect with people that you can never connect with before. And I'll always go back to this. When we first started doing this early on, going, you know, door to door to businesses in the Scottsdale Air Park, when it's 117 degrees, handing out my stupid ass Jeremy Scott Fitness group training flyers to get someone at their company to come and be like, if if you guys all sign up together, we'll give you a discount. And, the, and I promise you, the lady at the front desk never handed it to anybody who could make a decision. And she just dumped that shit in the trash. And I would do about six of those in a day and then feel about two inches tall and be down on myself. And I'd fucking stop doing it for at least a week. And then maybe try to go back the next week if I could muster up the courage to just get completely fucking shut down every time I walk into a business. Now, I can get on any of these platforms and worst case scenario, a thousand people see it. Like you you do a reel on Facebook and the worst case is a thousand people see it. Or you do a post on Instagram. And even if you guys don't have an audience, a community or like this massive following, you're telling me you can get on and post something that's going to help somebody. You can communicate, you can talk to them and 88 people will see it. And you can do that from your living room and you're not doing it. Like go out and try to meet 88 people. Go try to put your stuff in front of 88 random people in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city. It's really fucking hard to do. And they're choosing to watch that on their phone. So just, again, put that in your back pocket and think of that the next time you think like it doesn't matter or you don't want to do it. And again, does it matter if you do it once a month? No, it doesn't. But if you do it consistently, it'll matter more than you can ever understand. And so here are the quick eight big lessons I have learned from social media and how I use them. One, prioritize having fewer meaning relationships over many surface level ones. This is as true in real life as it is on social. Prioritize having fewer, you know, close relationships. That matters more than having many, many, many surface level ones. Whatever business you're in, you're in the relationship business. There's a great book uh, by Jeb Blunt. It's called People by You. Super old. Just as true today as the day he wrote it. Whatever business you guys are in, you're in the relationship business. Never forget that. A lot of the places I go, I go for the product. Uh, to be honest, I do. But I like it better when the people I like are working. And when I mean that, I mean like the coffee places I go. I go to two places, uh, typically here in Scottsdale. And uh, one of them 
I'm not going to call these people out. One of them has way friendlier people. And I just like to go there. And, you know, even though I might say four words to the staff, I feel better there. I have a better relationship with them because we've shared some stories. We've, we've bullshitted a little bit. That's the same thing with your business. And it's probably the same way you buy stuff. Now, if their coffee sucked, I wouldn't go there because I'm not that nice of a guy. It's the same thing for fitness. Whether it's the guy next door to me here or the guy down the street, if we can teach a squat with relatively similar coaching cues and we effectively get the end result for the client and we can identify, you know, if they, you know, if their foot can't pronate or they have terrible ankle mobility or maybe their adductors are tight, whatever the problem is, if we can, you know, coach it, you know, push through your heels, back straight, chest out. And if we can talk through those things, whether their cues are different than mine is relevant. If we can get them to the end goal, what's the difference between us? The relationship. That's it. All my young fitness people out here, I'm not saying your technical knowledge doesn't matter because it does. You need to be good at your craft. You need to be proficient. You need to know what the fuck you're talking about. And you need to know how to help people and solve their problems. But if they don't like you as the person and the way that you understand them and that's not IQ those are that's the hard skills that you learn like in the textbook it's your emotional intelligence hey should I you know really ride this person today or should I back off of them a little bit are they having a you know a rough week they traveled they got eight you know 18 different projects going on their kids going crazy you know they got their you know mother-in-law in town maybe they just need to come here today and kind of cruise through the workout and talk to their friend and we don't have to fucking smoke them you know what I'm saying like that's a skill And that's, you know, understanding the person, you know, their individual goals, their individual needs. And those things can change week to week and day to day. That's something that makes a fitness coach different than another fitness coach. Like if you're the drill sergeant guy, that's fine. If that's your mentality, or if you're the guy who's super laid back, or you're the guy who's somewhere in between, that's all good. What I'm saying is your style needs to sometimes change per the individual and per the day that they're having and what they're going through. That's where the relationship piece kicks in. So whatever business you're in, especially if it's this, my friends, and you still meet people in person, you're in the relationship business. You are. And uh, honestly, some of my good friends have been people that I've met um, initially on social media over the past uh, five to 10 years. And almost all of them I've, uh, I've done some business with. Some of them I haven't. But most of them, we have done business in in one way, shape, or another. And my goal has always been to actually build relationships like you would in the real world, not just build a following. I'll repeat that. Take that from me, you guys, who has, I guess, what you consider, you know, a a good amount of people who, who watch and listen to all of our stuff. My goal is always to build real relationships like you do in real life, not just build this following. Um... I've always, how do I say this? I've always cared more about depth and not just the width. That's what she said, Michael Scott. Um, I had I had to do it, you guys. Um, but seriously, like, I've always cared about the the depth of the audience, not the width of the audience. Um, think about that. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand people on Instagram, if you know. 99,000 of them don't really give a shit about you. But if you have 3,000 people 
and 2,800 of them really give a shit about you, that, my friends, is way better than the 100,000 of fluff. Does that make sense? That's the difference between depth of audience versus width of audience. Ideally, you'd like to have both, obviously. You'd like to have 100,000 people who think you're fucking awesome. But if you had to pick between the two, some people get caught up in just the overall numbers and what in the optics of what looks good versus what really matters. And I remember doing a speech uh, with my good friend, uh, Dave Drees and Dave was in the fitness business for a long, long time. Um, if, if you guys want to know the, uh, the 10 weeks to rip program that you are using inside of the app, um, which we have obviously altered, you know, probably five or six times the base of that program, the outline of it, him and I created together, um, the original graphics, him and I are on it together. We ran it as an individual product forever on ClickBank. Um, so the most used loading program inside the Jeremy Scott Fitness app was created with my good friend, Dave Drees. Dave's been on the cover in Ironman. He worked with me in this business. He uh, started Arizona Training Lab with Ben Novak. Anyways, I remember talking, doing a speech with Dave at this thing called Fitposium for a lot of young fitness people. Him and I are on stage. And I said this to the audience. Um, and I'm like, you know, I would work with Dave every single day of the week over any of you in this audience. And it's not just because we grew up together. And I think at the time, maybe Dave's social media was like 5,000 people. I go, and some of you have 150,000, 200,000 people. And why would I work with him over you? Because he has the depth of the audience. You guys just have the width. Because he runs a real business and he has hundreds of people who pay him money already. So I already know he has relationships with those people. Do you guys have that? And that's what I mean by depth. There's a lot of people where you might look at their stuff and on social, they're not, you know, don't have this huge, massive following, but they are just crushing. They're making connections. They're changing lives. They're running a really successful business because they have broken through to actually create something with the people that resonate with them. So when you guys are doing these things, don't always get, get caught up on the likes and the comments. Those are just superficial bullshit things. It's the depth of the audience. And again, if you're running a, a fit, if you're a fitness person, like, and you want to have like a business in person, all you probably need is like a hundred people, you know, to like really like love your shit, like a hundred. If you're online, uh, depending on, you know, if it's high ticket stuff, you don't even need that many. Um, if it's low ticket stuff online, like a thousand people, if you can get a thousand people, um, whether it be in person, online, or a mix to, you know, be on your team and like ride for you, like they're your, that's your crew. Um, you're going to be super successful and you're going to make a shit ton of money. I promise you that if you have a thousand people who believe in you and what you do and you deliver them value, they are going to support you and they are going to be part of your team for maybe forever. So that's not a hundred thousand. That's not 200,000. That's not a million people. It's just a thousand, everybody out of the 8 billion people in the world. Number two, social media is not for selling. At least that's not how I do it. Um, it's very rare that I sell anything on social media, partly because the algorithm, um, doesn't like it and thinks it sucks and basically crushes your posts. Thanks a lot, Instagram, um, and meta. But, uh, really the big thing is probably because people are so distracted and I've talked about this before for you guys who listen to 18 different podcasts, stop doing that. Just listen to like two or three. Um, if you want to listen to one or two fitness podcasts, cool. Like one or two finance podcasts and like one for fun, I guess that's fine. Um, but don't listen to 17 different fitness podcasts. It's too much. 
You can't listen to eight different finance podcasts. There's, there's too much information there. And people are distracted. And that's why it's hard for you to sell on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all these platforms. For us, social media was always about presenting. Um, it's a positioning tool. Like I use Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn um, for like a mix of sharing, obviously, mobility, uh, face melting workouts, sharing my personality, uh, whatever that hell that may be, uh, expressing my views, uh, obviously showing expertise in, in the areas, the very few areas that I, I know anything in, and just kind of documenting cool shit, you know, so you guys win. Whether it's, you know, fun stuff we're doing or just a message to, to make you feel better or just keeping it real. That's what we try to do. We position and we present there. We don't really sell there. We just throw things out there and remind you, hey, you're watching our stuff. Here's a challenge we got kicking off. There you go. Mostly we sell via email. If I'm being completely honest, like that's how we make money here. We sell in the email and that's where a majority of our conversions take down and hand-to-hand combat in DMs behind the scenes. So I guess if you want to count that as social, cool, but it's something that you guys would never see. And that's why I say, if I'm, I'm guessing on the low end, at least 100,000 hand-to-hand messages. And that's probably just in the last couple of years because that's where I really talk and communicate with people. You guys know if you message me on there and you're like, hey, can I get some athletic greens? We'll get you all the info right there. And then it will show up at your door a couple of days later. That's what we use it for, not for selling. Number three. Don't be afraid of the block button. Um, This is a good one for a lot of you guys, Uh, especially if you're choosing to watch stuff that's making you feel a certain kind of way. I don't think that is healthy for you. Now, I used to avoid blocking people because I felt like it made me look like a little bitch or like a snowflake and like, oh, Jeremy's triggered, so he's going to block us. It's not that. It's just, in reality, there are certain things that bother all of us. Um, there's certain things that, you know, trigger everybody or get underneath our skin and actually recognizing this and taking the steps to resolve it and like blocking someone and deleting them. I don't think it's a bad move at all. And I say this, like I'm a free speech fan. I think we should be able to say whatever we want. Now you got to live with the consequences of those actions. So if you get on there talking shit about me, like you fucking hate me, I'm like, I can delete you and block you. Look, I'm a, I'm damn near 40. You know, I'm a man. I'm 40. Like I'm getting close to that. I don't have time to sit and deal with your bullshit. If you think I should split squat a different way, or you think I should use this grip on a medicine ball, like no offense, dude. Like I know more than you do. Like I just do in terms of this, like, because you don't know the context of which I'm doing something. So to sit there like from a, a lens and judge it, like you know better than I do how to train this individual, individual movement for this individual goal in this individual protocol, you're crazy. I would never go comment on like Lex's, you know, hey, Lex, you're doing this push-up wrong. Like, I don't know the full story. How do I know what she's trying to achieve doing this? You know what I'm saying? So I'm a fan of free speech. Um, I think you should say whatever you want, but you also have to treat your social media feed like your house or like the space in your brain, because I guess technically it is. And if someone's being a dick face and rubbing you the wrong way, it's your choice to block them and not let them see all the awesome free shit you're giving out. Again, I'm not saying you should live and operate in an echo chamber. You don't want people who just are yes men and just kiss your ass and tell you you're great. 
I think that's very short-sighted. I think that's ignorant. I think it's boring. And I think debate is good and it's healthy. But if someone is being an asshole and making you feel a certain kind of way, blocking them is probably the best course of action. Because again, at the end of the day, they don't have to like follow you and, and choose to see you. And that's what I'll tell anybody when you're, again, most of you, unless it gets beyond, you know, your friend circle and you get to like critical mass, most people are cool. Um, it's only, and again, if you've never had anybody talk shit about you on the internet, you're not even close to where you can be in terms of capacity of helping people. Once you start getting people talking shit, then you win. Once people start talking shit about you, then you guys are on the right track. And I always share this Kobe Bryant quote. It's right behind me. If you guys are on YouTube and you can see it, it's the mama mentality. I share it every time we talk about this. Learn to love the hate and embrace it. Enjoy it. You earned it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And everyone should have one about you. Haters are a good problem to have. Nobody hates the good ones. They hate the great ones. And you have to remind yourself that. Because we love to like build people up and then we love to like tear people down. And when they get to become too successful in someone's eyes, that's when it, and the people get triggered and they get pissed. So if someone's making you feel like shit, just block them. If you're watching somebody and they're posting things that gives you anxiety or gives you jealousy or envy or makes you feel bad, block them. If you're somebody who has envy because they're, you know, sitting on fucking realtor.com all day, scrolling through, looking at all these $5 million houses that you can't afford and it's making you feel bad, don't fucking do that. If you're the person who does it on Auto Trader and you're looking, you know, oh, I need this car and this car and then because you can't afford it, you feel bad, don't watch that shit. If you're on Twitter, and they're showing people getting the shit kicked out of each other in Chicago or Baltimore or wherever. And it's making you feel, you know, nervous and anxious and bad. Don't watch that shit. It's my same, my take on that stuff is, is the same take I have on the news. If you watch the news and it makes you feel really, really good, you are a different kind of serial killer than I am. I don't know how people can watch that stuff and feel good. I just don't. So I don't watch those things. I'm not saying don't be educated, but you have the ability to free your mind of a lot of stress, negativity, and anxiety by the things you choose to consume. We talk about this all the time here. That's what fitness is. Fitness is not just sets and reps. It's not just jumping jacks and pushing a sled. It's being emotionally fit and mentally fit. And that's by not letting negative shit enter your brain and letting it live rent-free and fester. Number four, uh, this ties into the other one. Uh, I'm not a fan of cold selling uh, on social media or anywhere for that matter. Um, if you've been connected to me for a while, you know my stance um, is to never do this. So again, build the relationships first and then let people come and buy into you organically. And we do this in our gym too. Um, when people come in, I'm like, hey man, just come in and, and work and train with us. Meet me, meet the community, meet our team, see if you like it for a couple of days. If you think it sucks, go somewhere else. It, the, the front end offer, we call it FEO, that we do in our physical building is the same thing we do on the internet. Like to try the app for free for a week. Go through, do the start here tab, read through the videos, do, do the beginner program if you want, dig into the harder stuff, you know, get into the, the mindset tab, look at all of the nutrition content, like go do the Metcons. And see if you like it. And if you're like, yeah, Jeremy, I the way you talk is annoying and I think your workouts suck. Cool, dude. Go somewhere else. I don't want to just pitch to you completely cold. I want you to want to be here. I want you to want to be there. 
And again, I don't sell anything. I simply present and offer. And if you decide you want to buy, that's cool. Um, again, I don't want people who are a pain in the ass. I don't want people who don't enjoy me and us and what we do. And that's how I do things, you know. I market for sure, um, but I never hard sell. It's just an offer that we throw out there. It's like uh, going fishing. You know, I'm just casting. And I'm just casting all day, no pressure. You want to take a bite of the worm? Grab it. If not, let it sit there. And uh, all the stuff we do, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, YouTube. I give nine out of ten times for free. And the tenth time, if you're interested, maybe we'll ask. Um, but even in that, we're still giving value um, each and every day. So if you're somebody out there and you're like, well, I've been posting stuff, Jeremy, and nobody's buying and no one's biting. You got to build a relationship first, dude. And even when if you're, you're, you're posting something, you're sending an email to sell, give them something. Don't just be like, here's a sales email. Like that's a dick move. Like you can give them something of value, even if you ask them uh, to dig into it. I think, and I believe that the more that you give, the more is going to come back to you. I really do believe that in, in fitness and in business and, and really honestly just in life. Number five, uh, in the early days, respond to everything. For many years, uh, many, many years, I would block out at least an hour of the day to respond personally to every single comment. Every single comment on every platform, every day. Did I need to do this? Um, probably not. But I'd also argue it was a worthwhile activity for me at the time. And not just from, you know, if you want to talk like an algorithm standpoint or perspective, but in a world where so few people personally acknowledge each other or talk or connect, I think uh, a little individualized TLC and uh, hand-to-hand goes a long way. And likewise, I made an effort to, you know, wish everybody a happy birthday on Facebook until it got to be like, you know, 50,000 people on there. Now it's just every day it'd take me probably an hour just to do the birthdays. However, for clients here, we do that. We send birthday cards still physically to people's front door because I do think that's important. And again, do you have to go breakneck on all this stuff? No, you don't. And it was likely unnecessary, you know, for me to do all that in real time every single day for years, but certainly didn't do any harm. And it went on for, for years on end before our stuff reached what I like to say is like critical mass. Like by the time you get like 100,000 people or more, it's just, it's just a lot, you know, to do every single comment all the time if it's just you and you want it to be you and authentic and not just your team or pay some guy, you know, in, you know, Indonesia, you know, 10 bucks a day to reply to comments. And that's not authentic and that's not me. So I don't want to do that. And so once it got over, you know, a certain number, it just it's not feasible or possible anymore. However, um, I still reply to every DM on Instagram. I reply to all the comments that, you know, people aren't being dicks about. And, uh, and, and I, I'm going to share this real quick. And this is not to make me look good or like I'm a saint because I'm not, I'm going to fuck up like everybody else, but I still do like these birthday videos when people ask me again, don't, send me a bunch of messages. If there's usually a connection, it's like not just a random one-off. But this week, oddly enough, it was two different individuals' birthdays. One of the people um, 
The girl has done a lot of our stuff over the years, uh, digitally, never met them in person. The husband messaged me and is like, hey, you know, can you, you wish a happy birthday? And I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. So I pop on video and I just do the birthday thing. And then another guy messaged me and was like, hey, my friend, you know, loves your stuff. And uh, he broke up with his girlfriend. His life is kind of eating shit. Will you wish him a happy birthday? His birthday's today. And so there's two people on the same day. And again, what did that take me? All of like two minutes just to get on there and just talk and, and be authentic. And now, is that something I could get on? Uh, there's like an app that you can do. I forget the name of it. I just asked somebody this too. There's like an app you can do where like, you know, you can have like Oscar from the office, like wish you a happy birthday or like have Toby. Oh, it'd be cool to have Toby from the office, like fire somebody. Um, anyways. There's like an app you can do and they charge like 300 bucks, 400 bucks. And I could have done that. Like, Hey man, here's my, uh, PayPal. Here's my Venmo. Send me a hundred bucks and I'll do it. But it took me two minutes of my day. And if that made somebody's life better, great. And if they never buy anything from us ever again, you did a good deed, you paid it forward. But odds are you just made somebody's day and uh, you created a relationship with them. And, uh, oddly enough, like when I think of that stuff, we had this happen a couple of weeks ago too. A guy came in to buy t-shirts for his buddy and his buddy was uh, in Canada and then he had him on FaceTime and then I'm FaceTiming with the guy uh, for like 10 minutes and he's just saying all these super nice things about me and how we've helped change his life and he's lost all this weight. And I'm not sharing this to make me sound like a saint because I'm not. I'm just a dude who talks in a warehouse who does fitness and wants to fucking help people. And I thought about that for a second. I'm like, this made someone's day hearing me wish them a happy birthday, like me sending them a message made them feel super good and put them in a good mood and like made their day. And some people like who are in our communities will be like, my bucket, one of my bucket lists is come to the gym and meet you and Heather and work out with you. I'm like, first of all, I love you guys. Second, like, you're fucking kidding me. Like me, like I'm a dummy. Like, and I say that jokingly, but also serious. Like it's always humbling but the point of me sharing that story is that's all I have to do to make somebody's day. I'm an asshole if I don't do it. You know what I mean? Like you have this power and so many of you have it to text somebody, to smile at them, you know, to send them a little video, to make their day. I would feel like I was wasting a gift if I didn't do it. And that comes from just responding to everything early on and building the relationship with people and just always consistently showing up. And that's really what you guys are trying to do. You're just trying to use your skills and tools and expertise to help people. And if you can do that and you can take it beyond sets and reps or cutting hair or making cupcakes or, you know, just doing insurance, you're going to have a really deep rooted bond with people. You, you hear that on this podcast all the time. Like the, the business owners I, I get on here, you know, the Dave DiLorenzo's of the world. Um, I'll bring Josh Katz on. There's a lot of guys who've been on here and girls who they've done the same thing. And you guys all have the ability to do that. You do it with your friends and family. Now you can do it for your business on here. If you choose to number six, schedule your social. It's a job. Treat it that way. If you want to make money doing this, it's a job, dude. Like, and, and that's, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it's a job. And as much as I enjoy social media for the good it brings, it can get under your skin. Um, it can be an annoying. It can occupy way too much of your time. It can take up headspace. Um, it can leave you feeling, you know, a weird kind of way. So I think scheduling what you do is a good idea. Give yourself a specific time block once or twice a week or once or twice a day max and leave it the rest of the time. 
And I don't, in terms of scheduling posts, that's an easy one to do. If you're going to check it daily, once or twice a day, that's it. Just don't look at it 87 times or whatever the stat is. People pick up their phones 252 times a day, which I believe. Once or twice a day, if you can, and treat it like a job. You clock in, you clock out. And it's a bonus if you can, you know, only do it from your laptop. That'd actually be ideal. And you could keep your phone free um, from the apps. I, hats off to people who do that. For us, the the app volume of messages that would not be feasible and I'd have massive uh, panic if I had to only check it like once every couple days or only on my laptop because it'd be way too many fucking problems to deal with. And I like to do things in chunking in real time, but I also don't get anxiety from social media and I have hard starts and stops. So if I get up, I check it, boom, and then I put it down. And then when I work out, I'll snap a photo for you guys in terms of mobility and boom, it's gone for the next couple hours. And it's like when I get home at night, rarely will you get me after dinner? You know, you might get me feeding my dog because I think dogs are great. And I think sometimes me feeding a dog makes other people feel good because I like to watch puppy videos and old dog videos because my dog is old. Um, and that's why we do it. But after that, my phone goes in the bathroom. That's it. I don't sleep with it in the bedroom. I don't have it in the living room. It's just in the bathroom and it's gone. If you call me, if you text me, I'll reply to that shit in the morning. And that's what I do. Because I treat it like a job. I clock in, I clock out. I don't really use it you know, for personal stuff. I don't scroll through that much. I try not to get sucked into, you know, NBA videos or UFC videos or mobility videos or watching, you know, fucking Broncos drive through, you know, rivers. Like that's what most of my feed is anyway. It's not fitness and it's not news and it's not finance shit. It's just, it's brainless stuff. And once in a while you need escapism, that's fine. But I try to just use it for work to reply to people, get back to people, be creative and help them. And then I get the hell out. That's it. So set a schedule. Hey, I'm going to post three times a week, every week, boom. And I'm going to check, you know, work messages from here. And then after that, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes to scroll through and just kind of veg out. And then once the timer goes off and the alarm goes off, boom, put that phone away and go live your fucking life. Don't live it in the screen. Live it in the real world. Which brings me to number seven, uh, post and ghost. This is my favorite. Um, if I'm being honest, this is, this is how I've stayed in the game. Uh, this long. Leading um, from the points above, one and two, uh, I'm a big fan of posting and ghosting. And uh, my advice for people to not get burnt out from this, say what you want to say and then leave the platform for a while. Yeah, I know from like an algorithm standpoint, that's not optimal and that's not what you're supposed to do. But fuck it, that's what I do. And uh, I don't want to sit there and watch the phone go off, you know, for the next three hours and have to answer everything in two seconds. But too often people get hung up on the metrics that don't matter. Like we've talked about likes, comments, which again, who gives a shit? I don't like, I don't look at, I, when I mean that with utmost sincerity, I do not look at the analytics. I do not look at the likes and comments. I don't care anymore. I can't control the shit. I'm going to post things that I think are going to help people. And if something goes really well, I guess I'll notice it and I can reverse engineer from there. But sometimes I'm like, this is what you're going to get. This is what I know is going to help you. And I'll mix in some of the things that I know will do well. And some of the things I know will suck and it's fine. I don't live and die by the numbers of that. I'm trying to just help the people who really want help and who want to be there. So again, don't get hung up on likes and comments. In reality, that shit shouldn't matter. What should matter is 
what you're saying and that you're saying what you want to say in the way that you want to say it. And you're sharing things that present who you are and what you do as accurately as possible to the end user. And again, if other people vibe with it, awesome. And if not, just make something different the next day. But don't get hung up on the likes and comments and the followers and things like if you're posting stuff and you lost 10 followers or you didn't get as many comments, who gives a shit? It's a tool that lets you talk to and present to a lot of people that you could not get otherwise. And number eight, do I have eight here? Do I have nine? I have 10. Do I have 11? Man, I got a lot. I thought there was only eight lessons. I guess I have more than that. Number eight, I know my good friend BJ Gador will hate this one, but... Um, this only applies to like what we do here, really. Um, I know BJ was going to cringe right now if he's listening. Meet people in real life uh, whenever you can, because right? he does, does not want to do that. Um, as long as they've been vetted, and I use the word vetted like really in bold letters, and they're cool, and you're in a safe public space surrounded by humans. Um, seriously, just be smart if you're going to meet people from the internet. And I don't mean this in like a creepy way, but I just think real life trumps, you know, online interactions every single time. And while you don't want to take time to, to meet every single random crazy person on your feed, if there's someone you have a good online relationship with and you either don't live too far away um, or you're traveling near each other and you can connect um, or in case of us, like at our gym during business hours, I think that's fine. I don't mean just randoms. I'm like, if you're a fitness pro and this is a doctor and you guys are connecting and you both put out great stuff and you, you don't think each other's crazy, I, I think that's fine in, in a public setting. No, I'm not telling you what to do. Um, and honestly, you know how I do things? I don't take meetings anymore. A lot of people reach out to me. Hey, Jeremy, can I take you to, to get coffee or can we have a lunch meeting or can we sit down? Absolutely fucking not. And, and I'm not trying to be a dick, like, but I don't have an hour to give you. And you don't need, I don't need to sit in front of you for an hour so you pitch me on whatever bullshit you got to pitch. I don't take meetings in person. It's a waste of my time. I always kill two birds with one stone. I never do double work. Um, I never commit to, to random meetups. I connect, but I'm smart with my time and, and safety-wise, I do that too. If you want to come in here and work out with us in a giant group, super cool. If you want to come experience what we do publicly in a group, super cool. But other than that, like, no. I don't have time. So I try and again, if we meet somebody like, Hey, uh, some of these people I didn't know before, like I didn't know Dr. Jen Huberty before she came on. Now I'm happy to do a million things with her, but I met, I got referred to her by somebody else. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's meet, let's connect and let me get you on the podcast. So you're a person that I was watching on social media, put out really good stuff. Well, now let's engage and meet here. And that's what the podcast has become for a lot of times. It's a way to meet people who we can, we watch each other from afar. We end up in the same city. Hey, come on the pod. Let's catch up, talk, meet each other and put out some great content. That's the benefit that I have. You guys might have the same. And I know for us having the gym here, a physical location for a lot of our athletes that are online and across the world or people who follow us on social, listen to the podcast or watch on YouTube. If they're in town and they want to pop in here, I know it means a lot to them. And so I'm happy to oblige in a group uh, setting that's safe where I'm not going to get, uh, you know, dextered. Uh, you know, out in the, the back alley. Number nine, sorry, I thought I only had eight here. Uh, engage with others. Again, um, another one I don't do as much as I used to. Um, 
but I still engage with as many people as I possibly can. And I don't just post um, and then bounce. What I like to do is add value um, to them and then connect with them. Um, and if you look at like how we do things, even as far as just, you know, liking something, giving it a quick thumbs up for a lot of people is, is more than enough. Um, with the random people on all the platforms, sometimes it becomes a lot, but what I've started to do is add value into our groups and share the wins of our groups. And what I've seen is that we have these uh, groups on like Facebook. We have a group for the app where there's a lot of people in there. And what I do is try to always communicate with those guys, read what they're doing, even if I don't comment on every single thing because there's just so fucking much. I'm reading it. I'm aware of it because those are the lifeblood of what we do. And that's, you know, where I live in. And that's like our core audience. And, and if you guys have that awesome, and if you're if you're following a small or your community is small, then engage with it all if you really can. And add as much value to those people as possible. Ask some questions. See what they want to see. See what, you know, hey, what were you guys looking forward to? We do it already. What do you guys want to hear in the next podcast? What type of videos do you want to see in the app? And that is honestly like our one of our best, you know, guiding North Stars. And that's the way that we engage. And I think you should do the same thing if you're running a business. Number 10, you got to detox at some point. Uh, again, this is a job. It's not your life. Social media and how we do it is a job. It's not my life. And your job is to live your life, not just live your job. Even if your name is Jeremy Scott and you run Jeremy Scott Fitness, you still have to live your life outside of this shit. You clock in. You have the hard times you clock in and the hard times you clock out. And then you leave your phone behind or turned off. And if you can, for some of you, if you schedule it enough, take the whole fucking day off. I think that's fine. Schedule the post to run and then just bounce. Keep your phone off all day. Or, you know, a lot of times Heather will remove all the apps from her phone. Feels way better when she does. Way freer. We have way better conversations. And when you're going through this, just auto how you feel. And make adjustments from there. Maybe you don't need to take time off. Maybe you love being on that shit. And it's just like, that's your oxygen. And maybe some days it stresses you the fuck out. And maybe you know what? Hey, I got to take 12 hours off. I got to take a day or two off and just put it down. But audit how you feel, you know, internally and then gauge from there. Number 11, don't take things too seriously. No one is 100% themselves on social media. Let's just keep it real. Um, Nobody is. Even for myself, uh, I'm not going to film a video of Heather and I like arguing with each other. Or if she listens to this, like last night we're laying in bed. I don't know what what we were doing. I was I was annoying her for sure because I don't like I don't laugh that much in my real life um, for some reason. Like I don't know what it is. Like when I was a kid, maybe I did, but as an adult, I don't laugh as much as I used to. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm you know taking on the world's problems. But the one thing that I do always like crack up about is because she gets so mad. She goes zero to a hundred real quick on being mad. And a lot of times I film it on my phone. So if I ever made a reel, you guys would die watching on Instagram and she fucking hates when I do that. So anyways, last night I was was probably just messing with her and she she reads over and just like smacks me like in the face. Not like, you know, super violent, but hard enough to where it got my attention. And I'm like, bro, what, what is wrong with you? And her and I are joking about it, and I'm like, I'm cracking up and laughing, and we're sitting there just in bed, like being like two, you know, 12 year olds. 
and I love her to death. But I'm sitting there and I'm just like, Jesus, dude, like, if we were to, sh- and like, we say this all the time at home, like, what if we just, like, talked like this on, you know, Instagram in a video? The way we talk to each other, where whether it's like, fit, you know, like when you're close to somebody, you can be like, viciously mean to each other in like a loving way like kind of if you're a dude dudes do this like in like when i was in high school um like your friends your really close friends you talk the most shit to them and you say really like hurtful stuff i know it sounds weird but if you're a guy you know what i'm talking about and you just like it's like you're you're just you're roasting each other just constant boom roasted boom roasted and heather and i do that all the time and my point is is we don't ever share that on social media so or especially those the good times, especially like the bad times when we argue or fight or, you know, have these disagreements. We don't always share that. And I don't share with you all the shitty days I have because I don't want to, you know, tear you down. So my point is no one is really 100% themselves on social media all the time. So you can't take yourself too serious. And for a lot of people, it's much easier for them to be angry and aggressive, you know, from behind a screen. So don't get sucked into fights. And that's why I say block people and fucking delete them because you're getting sucked into a fight that you wouldn't have if you were sitting across from somebody at a restaurant or a grocery store. You just wouldn't. It's why I always say, like, if you wake up and, like, read Twitter, you'd think, like, the fucking world's going to end in, like, three hours. And then I wake up and I go to, you know, the grocery store and I'm like, everybody's super nice and polite and kind. You know, like, I can read, you know, the sky is falling all day and I can watch that on social media and the news. And then I walk outside my house and you know, my 90-year-old neighbor is, you know, cruising down the street going to, you know, go dancing. And I'm walking my dog. And then, you know, our other neighbor kids are playing in the front yard, running through the sprinkler screaming. And, like, it's the most, like, fucking Brady Bunch, you know, type setting I could see. Yet I just watched social media and everybody told me the world was shit and I sucked. And, like, that's what I mean. Like, you just have to take a step back and don't get sucked into that nonsense. Social media should be fun. These platforms should be fun. They were meant... To cause good, not terrible things. And it should be social. And, you know, I would tell you guys, like, don't lose sight of that. And if you find yourself taking things, like, way too serious, take a detox. Step back. And maybe find a different way to do marketing for a little bit. Or do it in a way that's healthy for you in the in the gaps that work for you. Because life is way too short. You know, to spend your days annoyed at people that you're likely never meet who are probably less successful and more miserable than you ever fucking will be. And that's the only people that are really talking shit about you. They're people who are, they're far less successful and they're far more miserable than they should be in order for them to sit there and attack you. And now I'm not saying, you know, I'm not telling you guys what to do. Um, I'm not saying be like me. In fact, don't, do social media the exact way that I do it. Um, cause I don't, I don't think the world, and this is my take on content and creation. There's a lot of stuff out there. I don't think the world needs more shitty content. I just don't. There's a, there's plenty of trash out there. However, there's room for awesome people. You know, I don't think the world needs another shitty trainer or influencer or another terrible barber or chef or another doctor spartan off fucking, you know, half truth and fake science nonsense. We have enough average garbage, you know, in the market, you know, to last us a hundred lifetimes, but there's always room for good, you know, passionate people who want to help and provide education and solutions and make the world an awesome place. And so there's always room for great people. That's, you know, really the takeaway. And, um, I don't think you need to be trendy 
or jump on every social media fad, you know, like if it's like, Hey, let's go dancing on TikTok. Like, dude, look at me. I don't, I don't do that. You can miss me with the dancing on TikTok shit. It's never going to happen. You know, um, that's not my personality type. That's not my business. That's not sustainable for the long haul. And so you have to know yourself and you have to know, you know, what Avenue, uh, works for you. Um, and just figure out how you want to help and share and create and do things that you enjoy that fit your personality and your skill set. And that evolves, obviously, as time goes on, which leads me to this last snippet I want to share from John Goodman real quick. Um, I've had John on the podcast before. I respect John's opinion a lot. He's a very smart individual. Um, you know, I, I like I like what he's about. Uh, I've You know, we've been in the space, both of us, a very, very, very long time. And uh, he put, this is just to, in tying into not jumping on trends and not having FOMO, feeling like you missed out. That's a huge one on social media. Everybody's going to Coachella. Everybody's buying a new house. Everybody's going to Italy. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Some people you know did those things, but everybody did them. Speaking in absolutes is almost never true. And no, everyone's not doing it. And they're just, again, showing you the highlight reel. They're not showing you the reality. And I think when we try to really jump trends and be the first people, you know, it can work, but more often than not, you're just caught kind of spinning your wheels. And that's why I say you don't have to be on social media. I don't care if you do. Everybody and their fucking brother is on there. So there's not a need for more shit in the market. But if you know you can do something that can help your friends, your family, your community, and the people around you. And it can help you carve out a little piece in the marketplace and build a better life for you and your family. Um, I think there's space for that. And I always believe that. And this is going to tie into all the AI, artificial intelligence, and all the chat, you know, GPT buzz. GPT. I have a hard time saying that for some reason. Um, and this is John Goodman, uh, word for word here. So I told Johnny I'd give him a, a shout out. And he goes on to say, I don't care about chat GPT and I've never used it. Why? It's the standing on the tippy toes at the parade problem. And imagine you're at a big parade. The crowd is packed and nobody can see you. So one person has the idea to stand on their tiptoes. For a few seconds, it works. He has a good view. Then everybody stands on their tiptoes to get a better view. What happens next? According to investor Warren Buffett, that's when your view doesn't improve, but your legs begin to hurt. Every time tech presents a new way to market or create content, it seems it's an immediate winner. By standard measures, it's often better than what we were doing before, a more scalable way to reach, an easier way to entertain, a new filtered, more attractive, better algorithm, etc. The problem isn't that it doesn't work. It's that it works the same for everybody. Viewed individually, it often makes sense to use, but when you view it collectively, everybody kind of neutralizes everybody else. By all playing the same game, we make it harder for anybody to win, albeit social media. What initially looks like an advantage, unfortunately, results in all of us working more and benefiting less. It's as true that social media is incredible for you to reach people. Me too. Obviously, social has changed my life, and that's I just did a whole podcast, how it can change your life. And it's true that artificial intelligence is a fantastic way for you to create huge amounts of content. I'm not denying that. 
Right now, there are 491 million posts with the hashtag fitness on Instagram. I'm going to repeat that. Right now, there are 491 million posts with the hashtag fitness on Instagram. Unsurprisingly, the solution to getting customers is not to somehow outdo all of them and produce fitness posts 491 million and one. Counterintuitively, what appears to be improved scalability, production, quality, and reach results in increased competition and commoditization. If you can do it, so can everybody else. So with every new tool you have to use, you'll miss out and the problem gets worse. We all start at the same parade, but maybe the answer isn't to try and stand a bit taller. Instead, maybe the answer is to find your own parade. Doing more isn't the answer. Doing less better is. End quote. The takeaway there is know yourself. Know what you want to do. Know what your goals are. Drill down on those. And the rest of the noise out there starts to become silent. And you'll have a clearer vision of what to do, how to do it, and where to take action next. And I share that last little bit, not about, you know, hey, you know, we're never going to use AI in depth all the time that we have, I have people right now I'm talking to that use it every single day. I had Igor and his wife on, he's had it for the last two years. He's using it like crazy. But when everybody's doing the same thing, is it really an advantage? Obviously the way that you choose to use it, yes. But the takeaway for me is there's never more room for just average shit. There's room for people who want to be good, great, and phenomenal at what they do. And they know who they're trying to help, and that's where they're coming from. Not just, let me get out there, let me be first, let, let, let this make this happen, and let's just do it. Like if We're all doing the same exact shit. And, and I say this about fitness, and I'm going to leave you guys real quick. You know, it's hard because there's so much information, there's so much content, and I don't think that is necessarily the answer to get people, you know, in my space, healthier, fitter, and more active. You know, people need to see another workout for me like they need a fucking hole in the head. You know what I mean? Like, how many more workouts do I need to present to get people to be active? But we'll do it for those people who appreciate it. Um, who are already there, we can give them idea, we can spark them to move around. But those are already my people, you know, so when you guys are looking to use these platforms, whether it be for yourself, or obviously to provide something for your business and to help people, just really have a clear cut vision of what that looks like today. And uh, just evolve with it as time goes on, because there's really no right or wrong answer. Um, I just wanted to share with you what I've done over the past decades. Again, it's changed my life. You know, I'm very humbled. I've got to meet a lot of you over the years, whether it be digitally and then hundreds and hundreds of you in person who have come here, um, which I still think is, you know, super cool and, and I'm thankful for it. And uh, I appreciate all of you guys supporting the podcast and supporting the app. And then obviously, you know, working with uh, the people and the products and the stuff that we, you know, choose to make us healthier. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, so I just know... If you're somebody out there who you're looking to start a side hustle or maybe you want to start a business or you're in a business and it's not going exactly how you want and you're scared to post on the internet and you fear judgment and you know people are going to make fun of you and talk shit about you, number one, 
None of those people are going to pay your bills. Um, none of those people are going to market for you. None of those people are going to be there to bail you out, you know, from not trying. So there's that. Number two, a hundred years from now, no one's going to give a fuck. So there's that. So know that in a hundred years, no one will have cared what you posted on Wednesday and how the video looked, or if the movement wasn't, you know, exactly perfect, or you spelled something wrong or the music was off. No one gives a shit. Um, take that for it is. And honestly, you guys got to know people are so busy in their own shit each day. They're not even noticing. That's why we post things a trillion times. And hopefully like one or two of the times they notice something and we can get through to them. So don't be afraid of judgment. Again, haters are a good thing to have uh, if you get them, but I promise you that'll be so far in the future. And just use these tools for good because we all start at the same place. I started, you know, one time doing a podcast and I'm sure one person listened. It was probably my fucking mom. And then it was probably Heather. And then, who knows, some random person, and then it grew from there. Same thing from Instagram. I don't even know what my first post was. It was probably my dog or a pair of shoes or something. And I'm sure four people saw it. And then eventually it was 400,000. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to put yourself out there and just try and just keep, you know, chopping wood and stacking bricks, man. And that's for everything in life. And uh, if you do that day after day, it's going to pay off. And that's where most people kind of stumble and fall. It's the consistency of it. It's a consistency of eating right. It's a consistency of working out. It's a consistency of paying off debt. And it's a consistency of showing up and writing fucking emails and sending out stuff to help your clients and consumers and customers. But pick the minimum effective dose that you can stick with week after week, month after month. And you guys will be successful in this and anything else you do in life. So I thank you guys as always. Uh, it means a lot. This went way longer than I thought. I thought I had eight things written down. It was like 11 or 13 or some shit. Um, anyways, Jeremy Scott Fitness app. You get a week for free. The MetCon Summer Challenge. The link will be in the show notes if you guys want to join me. That thing will be awesome. And one of you lucky folks will fly you here to beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Give you a couple of nights at a spa. Work out with us here. Melt your face off in person. And uh, we'll do weekly prizes the rest of the way through. But again, I'm putting a ton of stuff into the app, you guys. And I'm doing as much of it completely for free as possible to help you be healthier and happier and live a fitter life. And again, if you want a free sample of Athletic Greens, obviously hit me up. I'm happy to send it. Or any of our other sponsors, please reach out and ask. We have a free supplement guide inside the app. And then if you guys want to be added to the newsletter, just ask and we'll add you there. If you're on Apple Podcasts, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop us a five-star, leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And if you guys are on Spotify, don't be a lazy ass there. Drop us a five-star. I would appreciate that as well. So have an amazing rest of your Friday, everybody. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.